All right, as you just heard, The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson made its debut on October 1st, 1962, which marks the 60th anniversary of this TV legend and his late-night talk show. Johnny Carson airs Monday through Friday at 9 Central on Antenna TV. Jeff Satsing was a producer on Johnny's Tonight Show. He happens to be Johnny's nephew and the president of Carson Entertainment Group. Jeff, thank you for joining us once again. David, thank you so much. You know, Don Rickles told me personally, and I know countless others, and probably you too, to keep his name alive. And there is no one on this planet who could have done a better job than you to keep Johnny's name and legacy alive for these so many years. That That is really nice. You know, he, he gave me an incredible opportunity, and uh, I ran with it, and uh, it's hard to believe that there's, there's still interest today. There is interest today. We were talking off air that this is like an American history lesson when you sit down and watch a Tonight Show with Carson for the 60s, 70s, 80s, and, and early 90s. You know, whether it, was, whether it was politics, music, television, the movies, whatever it was pop culture, Johnny had that individual sitting in the seat next to him, and it was always an amazing conversation. And he's just so good at what he what he does. You know, what what he did was so hard to do day in, day out. And he was so well prepared and so ready for anything that was thrown his way that he just he was just they don't they don't make it like that anymore. And they don't do it live like he did. So he was just so well prepared. It was incredible. Yeah. You know, this time in, in television history, you know, Johnny had done television since 1950. He did a show called Squirrel's Nest, Carson's Cellar on CBS, kind of a sketch show. He wrote for Red Skelton, filled in for Red once, I think. Um, he guessed yep. it on the Jack Benny program, which was probably a thrill for him because I think Jack, he was has always said, was his idol, right? Of course, from radio. And he, for him to work with Jack Benny and those kind of guys, Red Skelton, oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and things kind of stalled for Johnny for a little bit until he got that offer at ABC to host a game show where he, he met and well interviewed Ed McMahon to be his his sidekick. So by 1962, his star was rising again, and he gets this offer to host The Tonight Show after Jack Parr departed. But I think he turned it down initially, didn't he? Um, I don't think he turned it down. I think that ABC would not let him out of his contract. So there was a a window where they had rotating guests filling in uh, after Jack Parr. Yeah, right, right. And it was a, a series of people, including Jerry Lewis, and, and, and I think it was Florence Henderson. Like, there was just a ton of people that stepped into that role. But what it did is it built this anticipation and all the trades and, and on the radio and in television that Johnny was eventually coming. And I, I remember him talking about it once on the show that, man, with all this anticipation, like, man, I better deliver on this thing. And it was 60 years ago, October 1st, uh, that he finally took the reins um, of The Tonight Show. And The Tonight Show at the time was already eight years in. So he wasn't, of course, the first host, but he certainly made a splash that very first night, didn't he? Well, and he had huge shoes to fill. You know, Jack Parr was a unique individual, and, and people were wondering who could possibly ever replace him. I think the fact that there were so many other uh, guest hosts that filled in when by the time Johnny got his shot, you realize, wow, this guy is different. This guy is this guy is good at what he does. So it was it was actually a good thing for him, I think. Yeah, and you know the thing is, we I've heard audio from that first show. I've seen pictures from that first show sixty years ago, but there really isn't any video, and there's very very little video of the Tonight Show in the nineteen sixties at all. 
Right. Well, that was the standard practice with all the networks in the 60s was to just erase the videotape or, uh, or degauss it and then reuse it so they would save the cost of, you know, a real videotape. And uh, no one saw any repurposing or home video or streaming like we have now no. it's just it's 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 criminal that it doesn't exist but it, it, all the networks did it it is criminal i know you know when uh sid caesar had once talked about your show shows i think there were 10 out of all those right. years of, of performing live and as you said johnny you know very few people did you know a does a talk show live like that it's live to tape but in the very beginning that's exactly what he did which did jeopardize the fact that you know those shows didn't exist but i i think johnny was ticked off about that you know that he that he didn't have that because you know and he, and he wa- eventually wanted to own the show so he could archive the series right right when they moved to california in 1972 someone had an idea i'm sure it was him and one of the producers that, let's do a retrospective let's do an anniversary show so let's get that great interview we did with uh, George Jessel and John Wayne and, you know, Rita Hayworth. And, and all of a sudden they said that we, we don't, we don't have those shows. And Johnny said, what do you mean you don't have those shows? Where are they? I said, but we, we just don't, don't, don't have them. I don't know where they are. Like they're gone. So at that point he said, all right, none of these shows will ever get touched. They, they go into the library, they go to the vault and nobody moves them without my permission. And he was just, fortunate enough to be in a position of power where NBC, NBC said, you know, okay, that's, that's fine. We'll do that. And then later on, uh, in, his, in the contract negotiations, he was able to negotiate the rights to own the show. And eventually he had the rights to all the shows, but there's a, there's a 10 year gap from 62 to 72. It's, it's a shame. It is a shame. And you know, you talk about wanting to own the show. And I remember even back in the day, like Desi Arnaz wanting and, and Lucy wanting to own the show. And, CBS was like, yeah, fine. I mean, it was the early days of television. Nobody knew about reruns right. or what was going to happen. So, yeah, go ahead, take the show. And when I hear about that, right. and it's <laughs> it's crazy to me that, yeah, okay, you can have it, I guess, you know, whatever. You know, that that really was, you know, pretty rich to have all that content. But before we talk a little bit more about, about the show itself and the history of the show, talk a little bit about that because that's you're the keeper of all that. And... You know, you said, you know, 62 to 72, there's not a lot that exists out there, but there's a place where these items are very carefully stored and archived. Talk to us a little bit and and tell the folks, like, what that's all about. Well, the entire Tonight Show library, uh, which is is recorded on two-inch videotape and one-inch videotape, those are the masters, are all stored in a salt mine in Hutchinson, Kansas. Uh, It's fireproof. It's... uh, Death proof. It's waterproof. <laughs> humidity controlled. It's it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. And then uh, further on, as technology changed, we were able to digitize all those shows, and then made the shows searchable by transcription. And now we find little bits and pieces of the show that haven't been seen since they were originally aired. So it's so the access is incredible, and that lends itself to all of the streaming channels like Pluto and Hulu and so forth that are on right now. It's it's just Hard to believe that it's there, but it is. It's everywhere. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you, you've you told me this before, but obviously you just can't walk into this mine. I mean, it's a working uh, salt mine. So, I mean, you gotta you got to wear gear when you go down there and so forth. But, like, when, you, when you've walked through there, like, it just has to be an, an incredible experience to see and probably overwhelming to see all those all those tapes and all the archives down there because there's not a lot of folks that take that good care of content like this 
Well, no, and it was it was a great thing because you know this library had been stored in different places in uh, in Los Angeles, and when uh, underground vaults and Hutchison uh, took the material and they barcoded everything, which then gave us a really clear record of exactly what we had and what was missing, and it made the inventory much easier to do. And uh, you know there was a long time where we would, you know, if we needed a show, we'd send a messenger to pick it up and send it out by FedEx and. And now it's all just sent via, you know, by by files. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, you think about in that time in television history, there's not a lot of people that can really take credit for launching so many careers, whether it's, you know, lifting up an actor, actress, an unknown by having them on the show, comedians, uh, musicians on the show. Maybe Ed Sullivan did a lot of that in the in the in the 50s and, and maybe a little bit in the 60s. But when you think about all that content down there, um, Johnny, a lot of that is recorded of, of really they, she, he kicked off the careers of so many people. And I can't even mention one person in the top of my head today that could do what Johnny did. Well, I, I think the, the, the main thing is the audience was, was so, so large, you know, he had 30% of the people watching this show every night and you'll, ne- you will never have that happen because the television audience is so fragmented. So I don't know what they're, number is of people watching late night television but you know it's a few million maybe and when we were on it was 10 20 million yeah so yeah. You, you know you you have a really good shot on the tonight show as a stand-up comedian uh, it's a game changer or you know if, if you're a uh, an actress it's a game changer people see you people are aware of what you're doing so it was it's an uh, incredible phenomenon it's always nice to turn on antenna TV on a weeknight, getting close to Johnny's original airtime at nine o'clock central here and turn on the show and almost watch it in its entirety. Oh, great. You know, it's, it's so much fun to go back and look and, and think God, he interviewed so-and-so or, oh my gosh, look who's on tonight. It's just amazing because it's just so much a part of American history. We were talking to Jeff Sotzing, producer on Johnny's Tonight Show, Johnny's nephew and the president of Carson Entertainment Group. And there's more when we come back on 720 WGN. Dave Plyer, 720 WGN. We're talking to Jeff Sotzing, president of Carson Entertainment Group, celebrating the 60th anniversary of the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. Uh, Jeff is the keeper of all of Johnny Carson's uh, content. What is the most requested item? Because people are asking for clips all the time of interviews and so forth. What is the, maybe the top three most requested items you get or stars that you get? You know, it's funny that they're all over the board, but I'm sure it's Bette Midler and, and Robin Williams and the segments from uh, the next to the last show. But, you know, we get crazy requests from people who have this connection to the show. I mean, uh, I had a gal call me from an, uh, a creative agency a few years ago and she said, before I discuss why I'm calling you, I want to let you know that we have a, a com, a, connection to the tonight show i said what is that and she said my dad was a navigator on air force one when ronald reagan was president and they flew reagan to santa barbara and he spent a few days there and the crew decided to go to burbank and watch a taping of the tonight show and she said they were in the audience and johnny said we're really fortunate tonight to have the crew of air force one here in the audience they should stand up and i said to her do you have a copy of that and she said no so want me to get you one? She said, yes. I've sent it to her literally 10 minutes later and she called me back. She says, you know, my mom is still alive, but my dad's not. And you know, it's, wow. it's a huge deal for my family. So we get requests like that all the time. That's I had a guy amazing. call me and he said, my uncle was on the air force 
uh, archery team, and he was on the Tonight Show, and he shot an arrow through a lifesaver. Oh, <laughs> and I said, I don't know who told you this, but number one, that's not possible, and I don't think it happened. And sure enough, if you go through our database no and search lifesaver, it pops up, and this guy shot an arrow through lifesaver. Wow, <laughs> wow! See, that is so cool, and that is so cool. And again, you said it's really twenty years of the Tonight Show, seventy-two to ninety-two. But I mean, how many hours are we talking about? How many shows are we talking about that are archived? It's about three thousand shows, about six thousand hours, and you know there are lots and lots of little snippets, you know. You remember? You have to remember that in the '60s, this is before VHS videotapes. So, mm-hmm. if someone was on the Tonight Show and they wanted to have uh, share their appearance with with someone, you had a kinescope made. So you had a, right. which is a film. You had a film made of the TV show, and then your friends came over and you threaded up your 16 millimeter projector and you, you, you know, you 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 you, you played it back against uh, the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy! Wow. So there's. We found the negatives from a lot of those. So that's why those little bits and pieces show up. You know, in the very early days of The Tonight Show, I think it was not even an hour and a half. It was like an hour and 45 minutes because, you know, a lot of uh, of the NBC affiliates just had a 15-minute newscast. And I just read this right. recently that Johnny would do his monologue, and then he realized most people were missing the monologue because other stations had a full half-hour newscast. So... Was it Ed and uh, Skitch Henderson that hosted that first 15 minutes? We have. So Johnny found out that, you know, people would call in and say, hey, I'm, you know, I tune in the show at uh, 1130 and there's no monologue. And he said, what do you mean? We're in the second spot of the show. So he had the the 15 minute flu and he was unable to perform (laughs) and he wouldn't perform. And he, and he, (laughs) he, he, he pulled it off and NBC had Skitch Henderson. And Ed McMahon do the open, and that did not go well. You know, they and, and they were trying to sell just more, more commercial time. So the low right. one at that time, and right. John was able to push back. The fifteen minute flu. <laughs> the fifteen minute flu. The fifteen minute flu. <laughs> I love that. I'm better now. Uh, now I can go on. <laughs> now I can go. Now I can go. You know, it was again live from New York, but it was around '72, which is when the archives began. That uh, the show was moved to Burbank and only began hosting Tuesday through Friday. Was it his choice to move to Hollywood? Like, how did that happen where he went from New York to, to California? Um, well, the, uh, the weather is just fantastic. Yeah, um, studio in New York in 30 rock, 30 Rockefeller is, was a radio studio basically. So if they wanted to do sketches or any, any type of large production, it was difficult because everything had to be, had to be made to fit inside a small elevator. And, mm-hmm. uh, in Burbank, you have access to you know Warner Brothers Studio. You have access to lots of movie stars, right. and that's where they when they hired Fred de Cordova as a producer, who was the uh, whose background was a director, he directed Ronald Reagan and Bedtime for Bones. Yes, I he think did. Yes, he did, and Jack Benny, but and Jack Benny, yeah, and Fred McMurray, and I think that the you know the idea there was, hey, you know, if if we need a guest, we can call. Uh, Fred can call Gregory Peck or Jimmy Stewart and he's 15 minutes away and he can come over and that, that worked for a long time for a way long time. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny also had his share of competitors, you know, Merv Griffin and, and Dick Cavett, Mike Douglas and, and Joey and Arsenio, but you know, no one lasted that long. And what I always remembered, um, is when those, uh, those competitor shows were canceled, Johnny would have him on his show the next week. 
<laughs> which I thought it was kind of like a hey, you know, I always knew I was going to win this thing, but come on on the show, let's let's talk a little bit about. It. But I always thought that was kind of cool that he did that. You know, no, no, exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah, I mean, and he did, you know, and he was always gracious about people who wanted to go out and uh, and, and do their own thing, and you know, Dennis Miller actually was on when. It was known that he was going to do a talk show, and Johnny pretended like he didn't know that he was going to get a talk show. And so Dennis Miller said, "Well, you know, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to do a, a talk show." And Johnny said, "When is that?" And he said, "Well, you know, in a few months." But then Dennis Miller said, "And I must tell you, sir, I look forward to having you kick my." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm really That's looking great. forward to it, sir. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And he did. I bet. Yeah, he was the king. He... I think Johnny said, "Yeah." Johnny said, I'll be, I'll be happy to do that for you, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet. I bet. Well, you know, there was a story you told me uh, about a Christmas party you attended uh, that Johnny was there. And you told me you were going to school studying videotape editing in Pasadena. And you got a call All right. a few months later and your legacy with the show begins. Well, again, uh, he, he, you know, he and I had some connection. I don't really know how that happened, but, you know, I, he... I was a drummer. He's a drummer. You know, we both have the same sense of humor. And he said, there's an opportunity to work uh, at the Tonight Show for the summer as the receptionist and sorting the mail. I said, you'll, you'll know what everybody's doing because you, you'll listen to all their <laughs> messages and That's so awesome. forth. And That's awesome. I, he said, if you want, you, can, you know, I, I took the job for like, I think it was $75 a week. And uh, it was so much fun. And, uh, you know, after you finish your nine to five job, you go down to the studio and listen to this great band and watch this thing live. And I just figured, you know what? I need to figure out a way to make myself valuable or I'm going to lose my job. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's the way to work up, though. It's always the mailroom story, right? Yeah, and then because I had a background in videotape editing, they found all these little bits and pieces like we talked about in the show. And I sat with an editor and and went through these segments, you know, minute by minute and created logs to find you know that's where we found like the names hatchet throw and pearl bailey saying yeah. you know our love is here to stay yeah yeah i was i was again i was given a really really nice opportunity and i decided to run with it amazing amazing you know there were so many times over the years that johnny was retiring and i know a lot of it and the world knows a lot of it that it was part of the negotiation and i'm going to step down and sure do three days a week and so forth you know but at the time 30 years later was he ready? Was he kind of like, eh, you know, I'm going to wind this thing down? Well, I think so. I mean, you know, he, he had lost his son a year before, which was just so tragic. And I think he never recovered from that. Yeah. And it's tough. It's really, really, really tough. Even though it's, you know, an hour and, you know, four days a week, it's really, really, really tough. And he said, I'm going to, I'm going to leave when I'm on top and uh, I'm not going to have anybody push me out. And, uh, and then when I'm done, I'm done. And that's what he did. He would, Sudden, that's it. I'm finished. And people came to him afterwards and said, "You should do this, and you should do that." And he said, "No, I'm not. I'm, I'm done. I can't. I can't top that. We'll no. never top that." No, you can't. And I, it's, it's funny you say that because I see people all the time that come back to do something, and it's rare that you get another successful series and another successful series. And he was absolutely smart to do that. But I do remember watching uh, Letterman when he was on CBS, and and. Uh, was doing uh, his shows a week full in uh, Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, he asked Johnny to bring out the top 10 list. And nobody, I mean, I don't think anyone in the audience thought that was going to happen. And here comes Johnny 
delivering the list and and looking at at the people you know the standing ovation that he got and sitting in dave's chair and i thought for a minute you know he's going to talk he's going to have a conversation with dave but no he allowed his last show to be his last show and he got up and said no way shook dave's hand and left and that was it that was it that's the last we really saw him it was amazing i I was with him we drove over there together to cbs and yeah, the ovation was just not to be believed. And as you say, Letterman said, you want to sit here? You want to try it again? And Johnny said, no. I think I'm done. <laughs> and after that, I think he did one thing, an awards presentation or something, and he said, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm done. He used to tell me, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. He just told me he's not going to go back. Well, I mean, he did it for, what, really, on TV, 40 years. Like, enough's enough. And, he, you know, he's made his money and entertained America and you know his legacy of course lives on and if you want to see what Jeff is doing with uh, with Johnny's legacy you can check out johnnycarson.com and of course you can watch Johnny Carson weeknights at 9 central on antenna TV Jeff I always love catching up with you and talking these stories and again thank you for all you do to keep Johnny's name alive and well thank you Dave I appreciate it